0: Thank mm-hmm.
1: We cannot stop trying to be aware.
0: They are of the Wawa the to the job.
1: If we understand the nature of awareness, meditation, if we understand the causes and effects of the process of meditation and being aware, then we will begin to understand that it's something that we can never stop trying to do. Meditation shows us that if we're not always trying to cultivate wholesome qualities in our mind, which includes the awareness, um, then once the wholesome qualities are not being actively cultivated, unwholesome qualities start to grow. Like the weeds in the garden. The <laughs> If the unskillful qualities, the kilesas, have momentum in our minds, then we have to bring the wholesome qualities up to speed to challenge those unskillful qualities, to meet them, to be their match, and to... exceed them to to become better than them
0: now he says we have
1: to we have to think we have to remind ourselves oh I'm going to be aware I must try to be aware we'll meditate and then we remember to be aware But try doing nothing. Don't try to be aware. And our natural state is just delusion.
0: Mostly delusion.
1: And when delusion is present, when when we leave the door open for delusion, then it's easy for Delusion to allow the other unskillful qualities to to enter our minds, to exercise themselves, to for the unskilled qualities to express
0: themselves. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And so if we want to gain insights, if we want to grow our wisdom beyond the wisdoms we already have, then he says we have to to grow the good qualities in our mind we have to learn how to maintain um, the mind in a, a state of in a more wholesome state. Because then, when the mind is more wholesome, and we realize something, when we have an insight, they come with much more power. When there's defilements, then it's hard for for really deep insights to arise. generally we might think that meditation is something to do when we can like a part time job you know We take it on when we have time. But if we really understood the nature of the mind, its process, um, we would know that we should always try to be aware. At least have the intention or make the effort.
0: Some people ask
1: up to what point should be, do we have to continue practicing? The answer is. To get to a point where you do nothing and you know the mind is still aware. To keep being aware until awareness becomes the nature of your mind, becomes a natural activity for your mind. We have to get to the point where not only you are trying to practice; you are not just having to put in effort all the time. But the Dharma has kind of taken over, and is present in your life. It's part of your being. In the beginning, we take care of the Dhamma. We make the effort to cultivate awareness, um, make the right effort, maintain samadhi, try to develop wisdom. Um, We make the effort. We take care of the Dhamma. And eventually, the dhamma will take care of us. That's meaning the mind.
0: I think my parents were sick. I couldn't see the pillar, right? Dharma was I couldn't see the A Korn, right? I couldn't go to the A Korn. That's why I used to say to my mother, "Go I think. And
1: when it takes care of us, what it means is that because the wholesome qualities come more easily to the mind, that the manifesting of wholesome qualities in the mind brings its consequences of wholesome results to this body and mind. and if we can persevere not give up till we get to that point where it becomes so much easier so much more natural just to be to remain aware then we will feel like then that we will feel. Then the Dharma will show us the way. Mostly we all want to be positive and wholesome. But the unwholesome so easily comes up, still, because the wholesome isn't strong enough yet.
0: I'm the DC leader. I'm the MT leader. Do I say go MT leader? Do I? know. DC leader.
1: So if you are conscious of whether you are aware or not, then the moment you lose awareness, you know it too.
0: In the manupana, section of The Satipatthana Sutta it said that
1: One must know when something arises and one must know when something disappears. We must also know why it arose and why it passed away. We must also know what makes that condition stay or increase and what makes it go away or decrease. And this is not to think about it. It's merely being present with the process over and over again and noticing these factors that are a part of this process. (coughs) Of any process.
0: This
1: is because some of us might think that it's enough to just know something arose and passed away, but it's not enough. It's like it's not enough to know how to drive a car. You must also know how the car runs, so that if it breaks down... you know, how to fix it or what to do with it. Then you truly understand the car.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get it, so I don't know if so I'm going to get it, so I'm going to get it.
1: So for example, if you know if you know anger you must know when anger arose you must know when anger stops you must know why anger arose and what makes anger stop you must know what makes anger increase and what makes anger decrease and you find out by watching anger every time
0: over and over again, the whole process. And
1: this is possible when our awareness is always present. It's present before we got angry. before we start getting angry, it's present when when the anger is there present throughout the anger, and is present after the
0: anger is gone.
1: All these processes are already there. We just don't know them. In every occurrence of anything in our experience, processes of mind and body are are there their nature displaying
0: themselves
1: nature doing its work expressing itself very faithfully every time just waiting for us to witness it
0: We are
1: very fortunate to be able to experience the Dhamma.
0: Dhamma do Dhamma do you <coughs> I went between, in a very general way speaking, the
1: difference between... um. A, a practicing person or a spiritual person, and someone who's not. Maybe. I um, yeah, just think the difference between a yogi or not a yogi is. is not the six senses, because everybody has the six senses. But a yogi t- attempts to use the experiences from the Six Senses to develop awareness and other wholesome qualities. And without that, then the same experiences of the Six Senses would be giving rise to unwholesome qualities of mind.
0: yogi! <laughs> I yogi. I yogi.
1: So, are we always yogi? Sometimes yogi? Part time yogi? Or seldom yogi? It's up to us. with
0: fresh quality, boy, boy,
1: the quality of our lives is merely a reflection of the quality of our minds. And if our lives are a mess, then our minds must be in a mess too.
0: So, share it out. with me. Share, share My are not me. My Yeah. I my you.
1: When the mind is in a mess, and you know the mind is in a mess, that settles the mess. It helps the mess to settle down. But if the mind is in a mess and you don't know it's in a mess, it just remains in a mess. It can get messier. (laughs) But the opposite is also true, that when the mind is stable, and you know the mind is stable, it becomes more stable, or it remains stable. But if the mind is stable, and you don't know that it's stable, you're not aware, the mind slowly loses stability. So an important point to note is that knowing our minds is very important. When we are conscious, we are human.
0: This
1: quality of self-reflection is something that we have as humans, so we should cultivate it. It makes us more human or humane
0: We need
1: to, through our practice, we need to learn to also understand the value of the presence of awareness. when we understand its value in our lives, how it's helpful and beneficial, we appreciate its presence. We appreciate
0: having it.
1: Knowing is good, whatever we know. It's good that we are knowing. Knowing never goes to waste. Make it a habit, or develop the habit of noticing you're looking and seeing,
0: and hearing.
1: Then as we go about our daily lives with our eyes open, it's easy to be aware because we're always looking, seeing, hearing, listening.
0: I'm sorry, I'm open. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: If you open your eyes and you're aware of what you're feeling you'll still be aware of seeing you're aware of your feeling which means you're aware of the mind you're aware of seeing (coughs) and this way you can find it much easier to remain aware At home, and at work.
0: (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Now
1: now maybe for some of us, we try to remain, we try to be aware and our eyes start closing. and that is because of habit if we are used to thinking of meditation as when we sit, close our eyes and pay attention then when we try to be aware we find ourselves gravitating towards closing our eyes
0: Close our eyes. Oh,
1: and Siyaro has told us already that meditation is the work of the mind. It's not the work of our eyes. So whether the eyes are open or closed, meditation continues.
0: you <laughs> know
1: We come for retreat to learn how to be aware, to learn how to practice. When we go home, that's where we learn to keep being aware, learn to stay
0: aware at home.
1: We must bring the Dhamma into our lives with awareness.
0: What about our experiences?
1: Instead of despairing over the more difficult or painful ones, if we would learn to become skillful at using these experiences, then these very experiences will be a stepping stone towards developing greater wisdom.
0: Yeah.
1: Greed thinks experiences are nice, anger thinks experiences are not nice, and wisdom thinks the c- wisdom sees experiences are just experiences. All the six sense objects are our experiences and they are always changing. There's many types of
0: wealth.
1: Sorry, we're talking about happiness here. It's the same word in Burmese. There's many types of happiness. I guess you could call it wealth. And the happiness we know most we're most familiar with is um, sensual happiness through our sensory um, experience. so So material happiness you could say. And then there is the happiness of they call it jhana of of having good concentration the happiness of having a stable mind, of having samadhi, jhana.
0: No, you don't chant that. You
1: And then there's the happiness of having wisdom. <coughs> the happiness of a wise mind.
0: Oh, my chanting, who chants? I'm not chanting. Hi, the next one.
1: And then there's two other types of happiness, they call it. Path and fruition knowledge. But that's very high. We won't go there yet. <laughs> Mm. Oh, and when we say we want happiness, we all want to be happy. Most of the time, we're thinking about the way we're generally happy, which is kind of you call it material or sensory happiness.
0: Worldly happiness.
1: But when it's the happiness of wisdom... When there's wisdom, that happiness comes from not having defilements... When wisdom is there and the defilements are not there, it's a particular kind of happiness.
0: So yogi, do you want it? Are you suffering seeker? Should I say that you can't be a seeker? Do? Are you a charmer?
1: Some some yogis have experienced. Some aspects of small aspects of the happiness of wisdom. One one way, one example is when we experience something that is difficult, maybe a difficult emotion, a diff, a, some difficult experience, um, and then we find that the the watching of it is free. Of the suffering of the experience, there's an understanding that the suffering is there, and the su- uh, sorry that the experience is there, and the experience is unpleasant or suffering, whatever. But but the observing is not suffering with the experience, and that's a kind of the happiness of wisdom.
0: Little
1: <laughs> <laughs> over